John Landegger at 836, welcoming WGN Sports reporter Andy Mazur. Andy, thank you for being with us, taking time. Absolutely. That's a, that was a perfect sound effect. And it was uh, <laughs> it, it kind of reminded me of the days that, that I longed for as a kid to play touch football or tackle football with my friends outside when it was pouring rain and being able to slide down that little alleyway and uh, and have a good time. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing watching it yesterday. My wife goes, are they still going to play? I said, this is football. <laughs> yeah. They unless play no matter what. Unless there's lightning, I believe they're going to play no matter what. And, you know, that was part of the, that's part of the fun of the game. I, w- I always yeah. thought when I was a kid, get all muddy and, you know, dirty and slide around and, you know, that's football. And apparently Justin yeah. Fields, Justin Fields <laughs> felt the same way because uh, after a very surprising, well, I got to say, don't you believe a surprising win, first of all? Yeah, to me it was, yeah. uh, just because you didn't know exactly what you were going to get from uh, from a brand new coaching staff, and you know, early on, <laughs> it didn't look any different than it did last year. <laughs> oh man, and you're in with Hamp and OB this year, aren't you? Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, How was I, that first this, half? Watching that first half with them. Well, that's the thing, you know. The, the, the bonus of it is that I get to watch a I get to watch an NFL game with two guys yeah. who played the, in the NFL at a high level. And I'm sitting here at the t- at the same table with these guys, watching Dan Hampton tell me what offensive play is going to happen before it actually happens. Wow! Because he's such a great defender, he could tell the way that the formation was set up and the way that an offensive lineman might be leaning. Wow. That the, the player is going to go one way. He, he called a couple of the Trey Lance, uh, the quarterback for San Francisco, some of the keepers that he had, and he called it not only the, the keeper, but what gap he was going to go to. And it was going to be successful because you saw what the Bears' defense was lined up as as well. So I'm sitting here watching this, just going, "What the?" You know, I, I, you know again, I've been around football a long time. Like I've covered a lot of a lot of teams, and I think I know a fair amount about football. But obviously, those two guys have forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. And right. it's just so much fun to kind of tap into that that wisdom. And then you know, there's some there's some angst in there because they both love the Bears. <laughs> you know, and well, it's, it's 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 fun. Yeah, and I know that OB, when things aren't going well, he uh, he better check his blood pressure because he's yeah. he's he's not uh, hesitant. Let's put it that no. way. No, <laughs> he's he is not. Very blunt about his opinion when things are going wrong. So I'm pretty sure that first half he was just building up the blood pressure, and then surprisingly, there was a turnaround in the second half, and lo and behold, they beat the 49ers, which. The TV people kept telling me, were like, well, these are preseason Super Bowl talented, uh, as a Super Bowl talented squad. I don't know how many yeah. times they said it. And um, Bears defense shut them down eventually. And I think the weather, too, to a certain extent. Yeah, the weather had something to do with it. But, you know, it was it was the same field for both teams. And so, I mean, they both had right. to, to deal with the same obstacles, which, you know, were, uh, if you have a running game, it's probably an easier situation on on, the, on that turf. And, yeah, it did certainly change. But, you know, that first half, we had been really positive. The, the, the pregame show was very positive because we were turning the page from the debacle right. of the last four or five years. And, yeah. you know, these guys were really happy to see the demeanor that the, the head coach, Matt Eberflus, was showing during, the, during the, uh, the preseason and also during training camp and pre-training camp and all the accolades that this uh, offensive coordinator was getting, uh, Luke Getze, from 
his time with the Green Bay Packers as the quarterback's coach for, for Aaron Rodgers. So we're expecting a lot different than perhaps we would have expected from last year with Matt Nagy just being Matt Nagy and stubborn and not adapting to the quarterback, rather, rather trying to have the quarterback adapt to him, which is ludicrous. Um, but it didn't seem like there was a whole lot that changed in that first half because the field position was terrible. The, the Bears were always backed up in their own, uh, in their own territory. But the play calling was really, really conservative that first uh, that first half. And then, you know, you leave it up to Justin Fields. He finds a wide-open guy after making a, a, a crazy play, throwing against his body all the way across the field. And Dante Pettis is wide open. And the next thing you know, you get a touchdown, and now you have a ball game. So it was yeah. it was interesting how it turned out like that. And 49er penalties didn't hurt the oh, Bears' man. cause either. It seemed like they were being flagged. I, didn't, I lost count. They were almost yeah, up to a hundred. They were, weren't they almost up to a hundred yards? Yeah, in, it was ninety nine yards. Uh, Twelve penalties, ninety nine yards, and I tell you what, three of them resulted in Bears first downs. Uh, yeah. You know, and and that kept drives going. And you know, eventually, if, if you're a defense, you get worn down, and that 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 kind of happened because you know, the Bears defense really stood up in that second half, as you pointed out. And there were a lot of three and outs. There were a lot of short times with the, with the football for the for the Forty ers offense. And that defense has to come right back on the field. And, of course, it's miserable. It's raining. It's wet. It's, and you don't know how your footing is going to be against a, uh, a guy like David Montgomery who can cut every which way, a, a guy like Cal- Khalil Herbert who did the same thing. And so I, I think that, that combination really kind of wore down San Francisco, and the Bears were able to take advantage and you know, give them a lot of credit because oh, yeah. uh, halftime adjustments were not the were not the theme of the Mad Nagy era. That was, no. It was – we're going to stick to the game plan. We're going to do whatever we, you know, whatever we were doing. Okay, it didn't work in the first half. It's got to work in the second <laughs> half, right? No, no, not well, the, not, and not these guys. Give them credit. You know, some people say the definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over <laughs> and expecting a different result. Different results, so, exactly. Yeah, like, right. I guess, I guess Matt Nagy was insane. So. <laughs> <laughs> that way. Well, I'm not going to go that not, far. But, I said you know, it, not you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think Ob and uh, Dan would agree with you. Uh, yeah. You know, there were. There were varying degrees of downpour, right? Yeah. So depending on where the TV camera was and depending on how intense the rain was, you had various picture quality. Sometimes things looked clear, normal. Mm -hmm. Other times they were a little fuzzy, foggy. (laughs) And and later, you could hardly see the field. It was coming down. And I was reminded... And I should have done some more homework. My wife said, they can't even see the field. I said, I know, but they're still going to play. There was a game Mm -hmm. years ago. I think it was against the Eagles. It was. It was a playoff game against the Eagles. It was the Fog Bowl. The Fog Bowl. Yeah. And the worst part about the Fog Bowl was that the, the, the cloud deck was so low that the guys in the broadcast booth had no chance. You couldn't right. see it. You couldn't see it with the naked eye. Uh, they were depending on all sorts of different angles from the field, and uh, sideline reporters were were basically having to help out at that point. And it was one of the weirdest phenomenons, you know, a lot of people had ever seen on the lakefront there, especially uh, you know at Soldier Field. So right. this wasn't quite as bad. But you're right. No, no, I mean, some of, no. Some of those some of those downpours were it, it, it almost looked like a snowstorm because yes. it was so it was so heavy. You really couldn't see through the cameras, and these cameras are are a hundred thousand times better than they were back in nineteen eighty eight, eighty nine when when the fog bowl was going on. So I mean, you got the high death situation now, and I think maybe that, that actually worked uh, against it because you saw every raindrop coming down. 
Yeah, for those Bear fans who remember that Fog Bowl, you could not see the field. It was just really, and they kept on playing, you know. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Does being on the lakefront, does that enhance fog? Yeah, <laughs> I think, they, you know. Or can they yeah, take I, that to Arlington Heights if they want to is what I'm I think what they're going to do is they're going to invest in supersonic fog machines. So if they ever need one, they can just turn it on, right? Uh, Andy Mazur, we're going to do some more with him. We come back on 720 WGN. 720 WGN, John Landecker talking to Andy Mazur. We're talking WGN sports reporter. We're talking sports. And one more thing about the Bears before I get to some baseball stuff. There was another thing that happened that was very amusing to me, and I had never seen it before, when... um, the punter and holder got a um, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for wiping down the field mm-hmm. with a towel. I, yeah. um, I, I'd never seen that before. Uh, I didn't even know it was a rule. I mean, it does sort of make sense to a certain degree that a kicker can't go out there and start messing with where the ball is going to be placed. Right, I mean, true, yeah, true, yeah. But do you rem- do you remember? Oh, it was probably I want to say it was 1982. There was a snowstorm in New England, I believe it was New England, and the guy yeah. that drove the snow the snowplow cleared a spot for the New England kicker to kick a field goal, <laughs> and this is like happening during a game. So I believe this is some kind of a derivative of that rule where you you can't get any kind of an advantage uh, either if you're at home or not, just to be able to wipe. What he did was he brought the towel out and they wiped down the spot where the ball was going to be placed yeah. to try to get the that area a little bit drier. And it was the, the most amazing thing. It would have been a 47-yard field goal attempt at that point, and then the 15-yard penalty really knocked him out of field goal range. But right. and again, with Cairo Santos, the way he was kicking on Sunday, I'm not so sure that the 47-yard field goal would have been a gimme as far as uh, as far as he goes. But, but the, yeah, that was a strange thing. Uh, I, I, didn't know, any, I didn't know that I rule. I got to be honest, yeah. I didn't know that rule. Yeah. I think everyone was a little incredulous. Sideline yeah, to sideline. It's a, yeah. it's what? It's what? But I I get why you can't do that. It's just that yeah, I do too. conditions were such that they felt they should bring a towel out and give it a little pat. All right. Want to move on to uh my le- one of my least favorite topics okay. and that's uh rule changes in major league baseball. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's three of them. Big three. Yes. We'll, we'll Pit- call them, yeah. Pitchers will be on a timer, mm-hmm. like a shot so, yeah, clock. A, a shot clock. Yeah. So this is something that they they experimented with in the minor leagues and found out that they really uh, the the game time dramatically d- decreased by about twenty six twenty seven minutes. I think they say. Um, so basically, what's going to happen now is that there's nobody on base. There is going to be a fifteen second time which with the pitcher gets the ball back and has to be in his delivery toward home plate in 15 seconds or it's an automatic ball if there's a runner on base the timer goes up to 20 seconds so think about it as the family feud you know that first round you get 20 (laughs) seconds and then the next second you get 25 is a little more difficult Uh, so this is 15 and 20 and again if if you don't deliver it in 20 seconds it's an automatic ball but now there are also restrictions on the batter because the batter has to be in the box and ready to face a pitch by the eight-second mark of that timer, or he gets charged with an automatic strike. 
So you can't keep stepping in and stepping out like they have. They play this little cat and mouse game, and you're only allowed to ask for timeout now one time per at bat. And the pitcher can't throw to first base more than twice in the in the same at bat. So they're trying to take out all the extraneous throwing and time that's consumed. I really Ooh. think that if they were if they were smart, what they would have done was they would have changed the whole thing to the automatic ball strike system because that's the thing that really delays the game. When a perfect strike is called a ball by an umpire, a human being, take it, you know, we, we get that. Yeah. But that's, that slows the game down a lot. There's a lot more pitches. There's a lot more uh, strategy that has to go. There's a lot more visits to the mound. So uh, at any rate, they think this is going to speed things up a little bit. You mentioned three different aspects of this. Who's yeah. the time? Who's the timekeeper? So I don't know if you've been to a ballpark lately, but there's there's a timer on the uh, every time the batter is announced. There's 20 seconds that goes up on a little time timer, oh. and Wrigley it's out on the scoreboard and uh, you know to get into the box. And there's a timer between innings uh, when the first batter has to be announced at a certain time, and the ball has to be thrown back to the pitcher at a certain time. So there, there's going to be somebody from Major League Baseball who's up there, you know, keeping track and and, and doing the time. It's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. Well, then let's move on to bigger bases. <laughs> what? Yeah. So bases have, have always been, since I've ever known it, been 15 inches square. So yeah, 15 by 15 by 15 by 15. Home plate's not going to change. That's still, still going to be 17 and a half inches to the front part of the plate. That, so that doesn't change. But the bases are going to go to 18 inches. So th- there's a couple of reasons that they feel this is going to help. They, they feel that this is going to help as far as collisions, especially at first base, when you got guys running down the line and a fielder trying to make the, the play at first base and they arrive instantaneously. See a lot of ugly collisions over the years. This is going to give the, the, the batter, uh, the, the runner, and the fielder an extra two or three inches mm. to play with there to avoid, a, to avoid contact. What it's also going to do is it's also going to allow batters that, or runners that go from first base to second base to have a little bit wider of a target to get your hand in before the tag can be right. applied to you. Right, so, right, right, so, right. So, yeah, so stolen bases are up uh, when they experimented with this in the minor leagues. Uh, it's for safety, they say, but I really feel like this is to, to kind of encourage more offense because I think yeah. fans of t- today's Oak want to see more runs scored. So if you get a guy that you know can steal a base, you know now he's in scoring position, so a single can, can knock him in. And it's going to give you a little more chance to to operate it to kind of hold on to the bag too with the with those swipe tags. Uh, it's not going to be as easy to to get a guy out. Uh, there's one more, but I don't think we have time to explain it because I don't understand it. Okay, I can, I can <laughs> do it real quick. Defensive shifts will be limited. Right. So now you see with the left-handed batter up, you'll see three infielders to the right side of second base. One guy's lined up maybe twenty feet into the outfield grass. Yeah. Not anymore. So when the pitcher's on the mound. There has to be a, a fielder on either side of second base, and they cannot be set up in the outfield. They have to have two feet planted firmly into the infield dirt. It can be very, at the very edge of the infield outfield grass, but they can't start their defensive positioning in the outfield. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to open up some more holes for batters. I mean, left-handed batters hate this, hate the shift the most because they'll, they'll make contact with the ball and really drill one. Yeah. And there's the shortstop who's in short right field to field the grounder and throw him out. Uh, so th- there's a lot of uh, hitters that are probably 
uh, doing uh, doing some dancing and rejoicing on this one because it's it's going to take away a little defensive strategy and open up the field a little bit more for some opportunity to hit. So these players are going to be locked into 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 wherever they are. There's no shifting anymore. There's no, no yeah, compensating for can, compensating you know, for a left-handed batter or a right-handed batter. Right. Now, I mean, the second baseman can play what they call in the hole, so a little bit further between the bags at second and first, or he can play up the middle. But he's got to be on the second baseman as you're looking at the field. He's got to be to the right of second base, and the shortstop has to be to the left. Boy, so it's I, yeah, I, it'll it'll be interesting. Well, Andy, thank you so much for being with us. Always good to talk to you. Have a great night. You got it. All right, yeah, you too. Andy Mazur, WGN Sports Reporter. Ah, baseball. Hmm.